you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. Every generation of teenagers in these modern times has new technological innovations that have a way of improving life, but at the same time making it more challenging. Moving from the wonder of radio to the miracle of television adjusted how teenagers spent some of their free time. When video games entered the home, subsequent generations became less physically active and more sedentary. The emergence of the internet, smartphones, and social media has transformed how teens learn, acquire knowledge, communicate, and relate. With each new innovation, adults vary in how they respond to the new technology and media practices, with some embracing it, some being more passive and unresponsive, and others anxiously overreacting. Oftentimes, adults are one or many steps behind what teenagers are doing and experiencing, regularly trying their best to catch up and understand. Responding well to the problems that are connected to the misuse of technology and media is essential for a teen's pursuit of wisdom in Christ. It's important that we understand each type of technology and entertainment media that is available to our teenagers and their potential benefits, as well as inherent risks. Some can be more addictive in nature, others are simply time wasters, and still others deliver harmful content. In this podcast, we'll address the following tech problems. First, internet-related problems. Teenagers use the internet for education, research, shopping, gaming, video watching, and socializing. The main problem for many teens is internet pornography, yet there is much non-porn content that is also unhealthy and dangerous. On top of that, the internet can simply be a great waster of teenage time, as well as the purveyor of useless and false information. Then there's entertainment media-related problems. From television to movies to video clips to music, the access to entertainment is at extreme levels today. Sexual, violent, and profane content are the top concerns. The ability to waste an extreme amount of time binge-watching shows is also on the list. And with the rise of personal media devices, teens can become isolated and individualistic in their choices of entertainment. And then we'll cover social media-related problems. A significant amount of teenage relating occurs via social media, which can become a problem on many levels. Self-problems can be either produced by social media habits or exacerbated by them. Teenagers are also prone to be cyber-bullied or enter into inappropriate relationships as well. Social media can also be one of the greatest form of time wasters, as well as a poor way to gain news and information. And then there's smartphone-related problems. Cell phone addiction tops the list of problems related to today's smartphones. As they connect teens to the Internet and social media, 
Online porn and inappropriate relationships are also major issues. The texting habits of teenagers can also be a concern, as well as the habit of sexting, that is, texting illicit photographs or using sexual language. And then finally, there are video game-related problems. Ever since video games became a staple of home entertainment, they have become the activity of choice for many teens, especially young males. Violent content has always been an issue, as well as their addictive nature. Video games can not only waste a lot of time, but have a unique way of shaping identity when played in excess. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you know what I'm going to say next. Problems of teens and technology require more than just behavioral change. We need to apply biblical principles and dig down deep to the heart of the matter. Modern technology and media play such a major role in most people's lives, and that is especially true for teenagers. Seeking biblical principles to guide our counseling of teens is always essential, even when it appears that God's Word doesn't speak directly to these types of issues. After all, television, movies, the Internet, and social media didn't exist in the times of Moses, Isaiah, Jesus, or Paul. Yet the human heart has not changed even if the circumstances of the day create different patterns of sin and suffering. How our teenagers handle today's technology and media, as well as what innovations will be coming right around the corner, will deeply connect to their spiritual, mental, emotional, and relational health. So we need to start by understanding the culture. For several generations, it has been a challenge for adults to fully grasp the behaviors and preferred activities of teens. It is often tempting for parents to think, I was a teenager. Times aren't that different today. I know what my teenager is going through. Sentiments like these are only partially true. Yes, parents were teenagers, and the hearts of teenagers are no different today than in the past. But the times are always changing, which means the experiences of teenagers change regularly as well. The one outstanding quality of today's culture is how fast things change. To keep up with every technological innovation and advancement, or degradation, in media is nearly impossible, unless a parent is just naturally tuned in to those things. So a starting point is to recognize that youth culture is different than it was when the parent was a teenager, and it will continue to change at a light speed sort of pace. Another aspect that contributes to problems in this area is the reality that popular culture tends to market itself primarily to teenagers. Even the so-called mature television shows and movies are consumed most by teenagers, becoming part of the youth culture. It wasn't that long ago that cell phones were a technological tool relegated to adulthood. Now teenagers and even children are consumers as well attracted to everything about the phone except the phone itself. The intensity of video gaming has always been within youth culture, and is even more so today. The Internet is used by all ages, yet teens have grown up immersed in it. And finally, social media is certainly used by adults, but it is teens who drive each succeeding iteration of it, as well as the darker, sexier, and more bullying aspects as well. 
As consumers, even Christian teenagers are willing to experiment and use just about any new aspect of technology with few filters to avoid what is most destructive. So while each teenager is different in his or her consumption and usage of technology and entertainment media, an understanding of the culture at large is the starting place. Unless the teenager lives in some sort of technological, monastic-style existence, he or she is not only impacted by the popular culture, but will have to learn how to deal with it. Teens need to learn what parts need to be avoided, which ones can be enjoyed, and which must be transformed. As Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 2, our teens are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. We certainly live in the culture of our time. In some ways, we are a product of our cultural moment. Yet Christians engage the culture with the mindset that they belong first to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. So a big part of the effort to help our teens with technology and media issues is pointing them to pursue wisdom regarding what the culture is teaching them. If they are blindly accepting and enjoying everything that is new and inviting, then they are much more susceptible to negative influences. Well, the next principle is understand the teen years. To help our teenagers navigate through the complexities of the popular culture, it is essential to understand and take into account what is unique about these formative years. As we discussed earlier this season, teens are not children anymore, and yet they are not adults either. It can certainly be argued that Scripture doesn't think in terms of a category other than adult and children, yet the modern mind does. When it comes to the more dangerous forms of technology and entertainment media, it is much simpler to just shield and protect our children from them. What two-year-old has her own smartphone or is sitting up late at night consuming R-rated movies? But we err if we just treat teenagers like they are taller children, blocking them from most technology and media. They are more mature than toddlers, even if they don't act like it sometimes. They do have minds that are able to think rationally, even if they are often driven by their emotions and passions. What is most important, specifically related to the use of technology and media, is to understand the teen's mixed impulses toward adulthood. The average teen is not just steadily maturing to adulthood, taking on responsibility and making wise decisions all the time. Mixed into the maturation process is the sinful pull to remain as a foolish child. This manifests in the demands for more privilege without an equal desire to take on the required responsibilities of adulthood. So depending on the teenager, there will be times of foolish behavior and times of wisdom. There'll be the longing to do all the things an adult can do, watch all the things adults watch, while not being fully capable to act and think in the right ways with what is being experienced. Since teens are effectively targeted by the popular culture, why wouldn't they want to experience just about everything offered? Adults should not be surprised that teens become consumed with all things technological and entertainment-oriented. The path from childhood to adulthood is a transition that pulls both ways, with teens caught between maturity and immaturity. Now let's address how to deal with harmful content and our teens. 
When children are young, Christian parents tend to be fairly vigilant about what is being watched and listened to in the entertainment media or on the Internet. Teenagers are often given more freedom regarding content, even to the point where parents know very little about what is being viewed. 17-year-old Victor is one of those teens who binge-watches so many shows and confesses he has watched a lot of trash. Some of his favorite TV shows often include scenes of soft porn or excessive violence. He's feeling convicted that this is not pleasing to God, especially with his desire to go to seminary one day. Yet he really loves the stories and characters. This kind of scenario should be pretty easy to counsel, right? Victor can be encouraged to follow the conviction of the Spirit and resist the desires of the flesh, Galatians 5, 16 through 18. He needs to make wise choices about what TV shows to avoid and ones that still can be salvaged. Acknowledging that content can bring harm into our minds and hearts, leading to spiritual destruction, is an important step in the process. But what if Victor initially tells you about a problem with something else, like depression or anxiety or anger? When asked about his entertainment practices, Victor doesn't think those things have anything to do with his problem. But in reality, do they? Can watching television shows and movies fuel anxiety, anger, or depression? Too many teenagers wrongly believe that what is put into their minds should not have an impact on their mental, emotional, or spiritual life. Or they know it does have an impact, but resist giving up the shows that they love. Victor needs to learn how what is put into his mind either helps to renew his mind or ends up corrupting his mind. What may just seem to be mindless entertainment is potentially influencing the way he is thinking and even how he feels. While every teen is different when it comes to what sort of content that can be handled, there are dangerous boundaries that should never be crossed. It's not that avoiding harmful content in and of itself makes our teens more holy. Yet the binging of impure content can certainly impact the holiness to which God calls our teens. Another often ignored issue relating to teens and technology is the misuse of time. The Apostle Paul instructs us, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. When it comes to the teens' use of technology and entertainment media, the question must be asked, Is this the best use of my time? The reality is that much of what our teens watch on television or on the Internet is designed to take up a lot of time, especially when it can be accessed anytime, all the time. Even if Victor gives up shows that are too violent or too sexual, his binge-watching habits, by definition, use up a lot of time. So when is the teen spending too much time on entertainment, social media, gaming, or other technological practices? This is first a spiritual issue of self-discipline, not simply a place for legalistic limits. A wise teen should evaluate his or her use of time and where changes need to be made. Our time is important to God and it is essential for our spiritual growth in these evil days. 
Terry, a 13-year-old, consumes all of his free time with video games. Getting him to unplug and do something else is nearly impossible, exposing how much his life revolves around electronic gaming. On one level, Terry needs help disciplining his time, just like Victor. But he also needs to consider if the activity itself is worth his time. When it comes to a proper use of time, it's not just about spending only a prescribed amount of time on the things we like, but asking ourselves what God wants regarding our free time. In other words, there is nothing necessarily wrong with Terry spending some recreational time on his video games, but are there better things he could be doing instead of or in addition? His parents asking for a technology break is one way to help Terry to do other things with his time. He may need to be counseled on what other activities are available to him and why those things would be beneficial to him. Teenagers need to be trained to use time wisely and consider which activities would help them grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and physically. Then there's the corresponding problems of addiction and idolatry. A related issue to time usage is how easily technology and media can become addicting. The problem of porn addiction, the most prolific of all media addictions, has been covered in a previous podcast. Terry, our 13-year-old gamer, certainly appears to be addicted to video games, especially online games. Other teens can become addicted to their smartphones, social media, or just about any other form of technology. Addiction is the natural consequence of the sinful nature. Human beings, including teenagers, have a way of being controlled by that which they think they control. Whatever becomes the central behavior or activity in the life of the teenager easily becomes an idolatrous addiction. Even if the content itself isn't sinful, unlike pornography, it is a problem whenever a teen allows an activity or behavior to have too much power in his or her life. Terry's sulking and agitation when not allowed to play video games demonstrates how he has ceded control of his life over to gaming. Our technology can easily become idols that appear to be bringing all the joy and peace into our lives. 15-year-old Uma is clearly on the verge of making social media her idol, combined with her personal smartphone. Just like Terry, the key indicator of her idolatry is the way her moods change when she doesn't get the right responses to selfies or what she chooses to post on social media. Through these technological vehicles, Uma is also allowing other people to control her. Ultimately, the basic heart issue of self-idolatry is simply manifesting in her use of modern social media. So what happens if you challenge Uma telling her that she is enslaved to an idol? If she is a Christian, she may not admit to the worship of a false god in her life. Hopefully talking through why she gets so angry or depressed will help reveal her heart and mind. She needs to take to heart these verses from the Apostle Paul. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. 1 Corinthians 10, 23-24 When a teen's use of technology and social media tears down rather than builds up, 
and seeks his or her own good rather than the good of other people, there's a problem. Helping teens assess whether something that is lawful has become a source of addiction and idolatry is a big part of spiritual growth and wisdom. Then there's another facet of this problem, privacy and self-centeredness. This may sound overly nostalgic, but there was a time when entertainment technology actually brought people, including teenagers, together. Going to the movies was a highly anticipated social event for the community. The living room was a place for the entire family to enjoy the same television show together. The telephone was actually a tool to connect two people in a conversation. Yes, these communal activities still exist today, but often to a lesser extent than in the past. Changing technology and media delivery has put the focus on my playlist, my cue, my shows, my movies, my personal media device. More teens experience the entertainment world all on their own, with total liberty of choice, genre, and extent. Turning much of entertainment into a private personal affair has given teens the potential to live in their own technological world for seemingly endless hours a day. If a teenager desires to be isolated or doesn't want to take the risk of relationship, then he or she has the opportunity to do so. Being alone with our modern technology opens up the possibility of all sorts of sinful behavior, not to mention the problem of loneliness. Even if a teen is not engaging in anything explicitly sinful, the private solitary nature of much of our entertainment technology adds to the temptation towards self-centeredness. What I want in my media choices becomes much more important than sacrificing desires for the interests of others. Since many of our teenagers are already self-centered, the ability to make their self-driven entertainment choices are only adding fuel to the fire. So one of the problems of technology and media is that they contribute to a variety of self-issues, including self-love and self-image problems. Terry, Uma, or Victor may not see themselves as having self-centered lifestyles, but they certainly don't appear to be other-centered or even Christ-centered in their behavior. Addressing how technology and media play a part in their mental, emotional, and spiritual development is essential if they are to mature in Christ. As mentioned earlier, it is not about getting rid of all technology or rejecting all entertainment media. Teenagers need to recognize that self is becoming more dominant when God calls them to die to self and love others. Which leads us to a necessary conversation about friendships and communication. Modern technology has changed the way teenagers make and maintain friendships with other teens. A teenager who doesn't have a smartphone or a social media account will potentially claim that he or she is on the outside of all human relationships. Certainly, there are those who don't care about having friends or being a friend. Yet teenage development tends to include a longing to make friends with peers, to be understood, and even to be loved. Many parents end up giving teens the tools to stay connected with friends, as well as the ability to connect to people they only know through social media. Here again, biblical counsel is required to help a teenager make wise decisions. 
A teen like Uma needs to be compassionately rebuked for believing that other teens are only true friends if they approve of her photos or posts. Teenagers who are isolated, only relying on social media to maintain friendships, need to understand what being a true friend is all about. Adults probably won't be able to change how teens currently relate to one another, but parents must advocate for positive ways to seek and grow Christian friendships. Show up at a typical youth group gathering and you would probably see teenagers text messaging each other more than actually speaking to each other. Now, that might be an exaggeration, but the fact is that our technological advancements have also changed how we communicate with each other. Communication, even among adults, has degenerated from phone calls and letters to email to texts and even to expressive icons, pictures, and video clips. Certainly, humans have always communicated with more than mere words. But is it even arguable that each generation is developing more communication deficits due mainly to our changing technology? Connected to how we use our time, teens are engaging in less and less conversation than the previous generations. So how is this general problem manifesting in the life of the teenager you are raising? Does your teen need help in learning to communicate to others? Or is he on his own? Encouraging better means of communication as well as time for real heart-to-heart conversation is one of the solutions to the problems of our modern technology. Well, let's also understand that today's technology tends to distort sexuality. It should go without saying that most of what comes out of the entertainment industry does not present a biblical depiction of human sexuality. Teenagers who immerse themselves in movies and television shows will be presented with the basest and even vilest of sexual experiences. They will inevitably learn that sex outside of marriage is a good thing. Homosexuality is equivalent or even superior to heterosexuality, and hooking up with many partners is what the good life is all about. Thankfully, all of these media lies give us ample useful illustrations to teach what is true. Unfortunately, some teenagers only cry out for help when they have become sexually active, are already experimenting in homosexual behaviors, or are deeply addicted to pornography. In these cases, biblical counseling is more focused on repentance, reformation, and retraining. It is tragic that much of the entertainment media only feeds our teens sinful sexual desires rather than teaching what is true and virtuous. But that's where the church and the Word of God must speak louder and more passionately about sexuality, purity, and biblical love. But what if the problem is sexual interaction between teenagers? The sending of nude or semi-nude photos by text message or via social media has become popular unfortunately, even with Christian teens. While much of pornography is fantasy-based, teens are often making it a reality in their opposite-sex relationships. Even if it is obvious to parents that sexting is sinful and outside the bounds of biblical sexuality, teenagers often need some convincing. They need to see that this is a distortion of sexuality as well as destructive to relationships. It is well beyond flirtation and even seduction to the wanton abuse of our bodies. 
advocating for purity and chastity may be difficult in a highly sexualized world. But the voices of wisdom and biblical sanity must speak in the lives of our teens who profess faith in Christ. Whether your teen is the sender of sexual material or the receiver, he or she must be protected and rebuked at the same time. The Bible is clear that the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh is not from the Father, but of this fallen world, 1 John 2, 16. An even more extreme but increasing tech issue that we must be aware is cyberbullying and cyberstalking. The ability for our technology to connect human beings to one another 24 hours a day has led to these other problems for our teenagers. More and more teens report being harassed and bullied on social media by texts and on the Internet. While bullying has always been a part of the teenage years, the access and ability has increased exponentially because of smartphones and other electronic devices. If your teen is one engaging in cyberbullying, then your counsel is pretty straightforward. There's no place for a teen to attempt to destroy another teen even if it is out of revenge or pain. When your teenager is on the receiving end of bullying, the task is much more difficult. How do you love your enemy in this case? How does a parent protect and defend? Bullying must be addressed for many reasons, but certainly because there is often an increased risk of suicide. This is a form of violence our teens cannot handle on their own. Often a teenager keeps quiet about the bullying for far too long. As was discussed in the podcast on suicide, adults must read the signs and intervene biblically. Even more dangerous and criminal is the problem of cyber-stalking. If your teen is using social media or his smartphone to pursue a girl, what happens if it moves to aggressive and unwanted pursuit? Again, this may be the result of a wrong understanding of relationships and a misuse of technology. Teaching a teenage boy to honor and respect women is essential. Dealing with their normal sexual desires and built-in male aggression is vital as well. A parent should confront any form of cyber-stalking firmly. But on the other side of the issue, what do we do if our teenage girl is being stalked? Certainly, civil authorities and adult protectors can be brought in to help. The bigger task is giving wise counsel on how to deal with it mentally and emotionally, as well as ensuring safety in the process. The social media world of the teenager can be a violent place and can be used to expose, intimidate, and humiliate others. As Christians, we not only need to help our teens navigate this world, but rise above it and stand for righteousness in the midst of it. A final principle is the contrast between glorifying God versus amusing self. Much of what is presented to our teens as entertainment is mindless and meaningless. Yet there is also much that is evil, disgusting, and denigrating to God and humanity. While it is certainly human to laugh and to be amused, many teens can become preoccupied with self-entertainment. We have the capacity to be consumed with our amusements, prioritizing our pleasure over loving and glorifying God. Terry, Uma, and Victor all need help in learning what it means to do all things to the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. They require assistance in balancing the pursuit of entertaining things 
alongside with the more productive activities of work, study, service, and worship. If joy only comes in the context of entertainment media, then everything else will become boring and lifeless. Even worse for the teen's heart and mind, entertainment media can become the sole way to escape from the pain and suffering in this life. Keeping a God-centered holiness is what we desire to see in our teens as they grow up. Managing the impact of technology and media is an essential part of the sanctification process. If you want to learn more about helping teens biblically, remember to pick up my forthcoming book, Pursuing a Heart of Wisdom, Counseling Teenagers Biblically, available from Christian Focus. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.